of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project with Kaylee Reed. Every Sunday, only on Sundays, I'll release a new podcast episode exploring topics like mental health, creativity, entrepreneurship, and of course, self-care. Today, my guest is one of my best friends and just one of the funniest people that I know. D Silky, we're here in Toronto together, so you're actually one of the only people that I've had on the show that's not over the phone interview. Yeah. I know, so fun, right? Yeah. D Silky is a fashion personality. She's the creator of the Dose of D podcast, which features interviews with fashion industry leaders and celebrities. In a world that is so carefully curated, largely due to Instagram culture, the Dose of D podcast aims to combat this by bringing authentic conversation and valuable insight to the fashion world. Dee is also the creator of Silky Girl Fashion, a line of clothing which is hand-dyed and printed in-house. Made mostly out of silk, this line of clothing is not only fashionable and eye-catching, but soft and comfortable as it covers your whole body in one of the world's most luxurious fabrics. You also have experience in manufacturing in Canada and overseas. You've done quality control, social media marketing, brand management, content creation, and now the podcast. Yes. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm Welcome. excited to be here. <laughs> so I want to do a little backstory on who Dee is because your life now in Toronto is so wildly different than it was when I met you like two years ago. Was it two years ago? I think we met in 2015. Okay, three years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so who was Dee uh, in Fredericton, New Brunswick? So when I when I met you in 2015, um, I hadn't really embarked on my creative journey yet. I was doing it a little bit on the side on evenings and weekends. And actually, you really inspired me um, with your previous creative stuff. And I was just like, I think I always use living in the East Coast as an excuse, like, oh, I can't do what I want to do because I live on the East. And then I saw um, brands like East Coast Lifestyle, for example, who were like really making a name for themselves. And I just was like, I guess I can't use that as an excuse anymore. <laughs> um, so I got my button gear and my first sort of debut was Seven, which was a gallery series um, depicting the Seven Deadly Sins. It was a collaboration with myself and quite a few, I think in total there was like 15 of us from models to hairstylists to designers, photographers. And that was sort of the beginning of D Silky, although it was not called D Silky at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and so you moved to Toronto around the same time, or maybe right before I moved to Montreal, no, right? No, right after. you. Moved, right after. I moved to, we, we decided we were going to move, Ryan and I, right before you decided you were going to move to Montreal, and then you moved to Montreal in August, I think? Uh, the end of September. The I end moved, of September, yeah. and we arrived on Halloween. Yeah, To okay. Toronto. Wow, so that's, so not even a year. You haven't even no. been in Toronto a year, but no. it feels like you have. A lot of do, people keep saying that to me. Does it feel like that for you though? No, but a lot, <laughs> but a lot of people like I. In the past a week and a half, I've had three different people say to me, "Ooh, you've done so much since you've been here, and like you're making a name for yourself." And I'm like, "What does that mean?" And it's good to hear. But then I go home and I'm get really scared, and I think to myself, "Well, if people are saying this, and if people are like noticing me, like." What if I mess up? What if I do the wrong thing? What if people are talking bad about me behind my back and all of those insecurities? Mm -hmm. So walk me through the decision, one, 
to move to Toronto? Because you could have moved really anywhere, anywhere, but you chose Toronto. In an ideal world, I would have moved to either the States or to Europe, um, especially where I'm in the fashion industry. Like, that's just where you go. Yeah. Um, but realistically, I'm not the most admin savvy. I'm not good at, good at paperwork. And Ryan is, like, diehard Canadian. He loves living in Canada. So... Right off the bat, we knew we were staying in Canada. Then it boiled down to um, Toronto, Montreal, or Vancouver. Vancouver was just way too far away. We'd heard horror stories about how expensive it is, although Ryan and I did hear on the radio this week that Toronto has officially become the most expensive mm. Canada, or the most expensive city in Canada to live in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's the rent is more than Vancouver now. Wow. Um, so Vancouver was too far away, too expensive. And then Montreal, of course, with the French, uh, yeah. neither Ryan and I really speak French. That seemed really intimidating. And there's actually one of the reasons we moved, well, me, I can't speak for Ryan, but one of the reasons that I wanted to move from New Brunswick is because I found it really hard to get meaningful employment um if not being bilingual not being bilingual right yeah so I did have I was fortunate enough I did have a good job when we lived there but I was kind of stuck there I couldn't really go anywhere else Mm -hmm. without French Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you did like a 180 career change (laughs) from being in Fredericton you're working in sales Mm -hmm. and had been doing that for a few years yeah four and a half years four and a half years uh to moving to Toronto and going like a hundred percent in on your creative endeavors yeah (laughs) like (laughs) I think for a lot of people that's a really scary shift especially financially you're like oh my gosh what if I don't make money with my creativity um but you at least like had done the work beforehand to save up and be able to come here and like pursue that right were you ever worried of leaving your full-time job? Do you still think of like going back part-time? Like being creative all the time is really hard, especially as you said, like you're not necessarily the most business savvy person when you are so creative. So managing that business side right. is really difficult sometimes. So a couple things. One, when we first moved here, I really thanked my past self. Yeah. I don't know if you watch How I Met Your Mother, but mm-hmm. the main character, Ted, he'll say past Ted and future yeah, Ted. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like past D had really prepared me for future D, which yeah. is now present D. Um, I lived very modestly when I had a good job. We didn't live in the most glamorous apartment. Um, when we went out to eat, it was always to Snowy Fox for half price app night. Uh, we didn't, you know, go to movies. I didn't buy like new designer clothes. And so we had a nice savings to fall back on when we moved here because Ryan is also an entrepreneur and he's self-employed. So he works for a clinic, but it's his own clients. And when we moved here, he had zero clients. Mm. So we moved here, both of us with literally no income, Mm -hmm. like nothing. So there was that number one. Uh, Number two... Ryan was really fortunate to start gaining a clientele right away. And I did have a couple comments made to me when I first moved here about Ryan supporting me, which bothered me because I'm an independent woman. (laughs) And also, I just think when you're in a relationship with someone, um, there's times that you float the couple and there's times that your partner floats the couple. And so there were already two times in our marriage that Ryan had tried to start his own business that I was the main breadwinner 
and now it was my turn. Mm. So yes, it was definitely easier in the sense that I had a partner who I could rely on a little bit more financially, but I've also been that partner for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't like talking about money because having gone through a lot of up and ups and downs with startup things, I just think of money and I cringe in some mm. circumstances when I think about certain things that have happened to like get to where I am now. But a reason why I think it's so important to talk about how you set yourself up financially is because when you are more financially secure, that part of your life is taken care of. That is self-care. Yeah. Like making money yeah. is self-care because you can take care of yourself in certain ways without having to worry about certain things. When you are transitioning from full-time work to creative work, did you find it difficult to to maintain that creative inspiration because you knew all of a sudden there needs to be like a dollar amount attached to it? Or was it more motivating? Well, first I'll speak to what you say about talking about money. I agree with you. Money is a very weird thing to talk about. And I think there should be certain parameters around talking about money. I hate it when people say how much they make. Mm. I think that's tacky. Mm -hmm. But I think we do need to talk about money more and be more real and open and honest because where we live in a world that's so curated, especially because of Instagram, there's just these unrealistic expectations and people feel this guilt because they look at what other people are buying and mm. doing and they're like, I don't have that money. Yeah. But it's like, neither do these people. Yeah. There's so much in debt. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, so you gotta, I do think that it's good to have these t- types of conversations, um, number one. Number two, to answer your question, I don't know if any of your followers have listened to uh, or read the book, The Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm -hmm. She's the same author as Eat, Pray, Love. Um, I think there's a chapter in the book where she says, do not quit your job for your creativity unless your creativity is already bringing in the bacon because it puts a certain pressure on you and it kind of kills your creativity Mm -hmm. because you're forced to make creative decisions based on what makes money. Mm -hmm. When I moved here and decided to do this full time, that I didn't feel a pressure per se, but your mindset definitely switches. And I was making decisions on what I thought would sell. Um, Kind of coming out the other end, I have made a conscious choice. Actually, just within the past month, I'm going to throw caution to the wind and just create what I want to create. Um, my level of strategy right now, instead of what do I think will sell, what do I think people will like, is who do I want to design for, what do I want to create, um, and layering in those levels of strategy, if, if that makes mm. sense. So full disclosure, um, I didn't sell as much as, as my stuff this year as I wanted to, and that was that was when I was designing things that I thought would sell. So Mm -hmm. I've kind of come to the point that's like, well, I designed what I thought people wanted. That didn't really make the kind of money I'm after. So screw it. I'm just going to make what I want to create. If it doesn't sell, I'm in no worse position than I'm in now. Yeah. And if Mm -hmm. it does sell, great. I'm excited. Yeah. I've also kind of had to make a pivot in my career because when you do own a business, you have to be strategic and you can't just keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. So I'm still doing the Silky Girl fashion. I'm still building that brand, um, but that's sort of taken a step back and I'm more focused now on the Dose of D podcast. That's my primary focus. On the topic of money and 
this consumerist self-care that's become really trendy. In terms of self-care and how we view spending money on ourselves, like I don't think it's a bad thing, but I also don't know how much is valuable when you're in a lower place. Like I have a hard time drawing the line. It's like, okay, so if if spending that money makes you feel better and then when you are feeling better, you're more productive, you know, it, it is an investment in yourself. What qualifies it of, as self-care and what qualifies as like frills right. in that scenario? Right. I think I know what you're saying. So when I worked full time at this in the sales role, I used to eat out lunch. Like I used to go get lunch almost every day, like mm-hmm. to Subway. And for me, it like Im- improved the quality of my in my uh, like, improved the quality of my life in the sense that I didn't have the stress of worrying about packing a lunch at yeah. night because you come home from working your nine to five and then you're also working on your side hustle. By the time you go to bed, you're just drained. You don't want to like make a sandwich. Um, so for me, like that almost was self care, and I could afford to do it now because I don't have the same money coming in. Like I would never buy lunch even two days of the week. I don't even buy lunch ever anymore. I mean, honestly, my lunch is like a coffee these days. <laughs> um, and so I get. I think it's. I think your self care depends on your situation. For me, one thing that's never changed, even when the money isn't coming in like it used to, I've never stopped uh, treating myself to Starbucks. That being said, I only buy star. I only buy coffee, so it's two dollars and fifty-seven cents. Mm. So I'm not buying. Like, I love that you know the exact <laughs> exact. Amount. It's gone up. I think it used to be two fifty-five. <laughs> but anyways. Um, I buy a coffee every day and yes, I could make a coffee at home. Yes, I could like drink peasant coffee from Tim Hortons, but that's like the thing that I pamper myself with. And that's the consistency that I like. It's being able to go for a little walk and getting out of the house. Um, And it's just, that's never changed. And there is an association with Starbucks. Like, I don't know, like it's like perceived as like more high end or something Mm -hmm. and so even when that's my lunch for the day (laughs) I still feel like okay I'm 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 doing okay because I can afford a Starbucks (laughs) so it's like mentally like sometimes and I read a really interesting uh article that somebody had written there was a meme going around and it was basically it was making fun of like okay well millennials can't save money for houses because they're spending money at starbucks (laughs) and this article was like no okay if i'm saving that three four five dollars every day or weekly that yeah it it doesn't really amount to what the the wage disparity is compared to what living costs are etc etc and the article was basically saying, like, a lot of people, when they ha- are in a low-income situation or you're just, like, grinding out, startup, like, whatever it is, those little things are the things that you actually need to have the joy in your daily life to actually, like, exactly. get through the day. Exactly. There's like, um, an actual, like, financial book. It's called Wealthing Like Rabbits, and it teaches people how to, like, balance their finances. And he specifically calls out Starbucks and says, like, that is one thing I will not go without. And yes, in other areas in your life, you got to cut stuff out or do a cheaper option. And one of the things he talked about was paint and when people paint their houses. And he mm-hmm. said, you don't need designer paint that's $75 a can. You 
get the cheaper stuff that's $50 a can. Mm. Nobody's going to notice if you have Ralph Lauren paint or not. Like nobody, you know, and yeah. but keep, keep the coffee. Mm. And also I find churches always pick on, they always go to Starbucks. Like they, that's what they use to pick. And they're like, oh, you mean like oh, in you the should, media? No, like, no, no, not in the media. Like in the oh. service on Sunday, they'll be like, oh. you know, like talking about like giving and like tithing and they'll be like you just go without your starbucks for a week and i'm just like why why are you coming at the starbucks like and i call them out on it i've, I've literally gone to instagram and called out the church the church oh. community okay well so this is interesting because i haven't had but wait any... sorry i think it's because christians drink a lot more coffee than like non-christians because a lot of them don't drink alcohol that's my theory keep going okay okay yeah so this is interesting because i haven't had any i don't think any religious were like faith-based conversations on the <laughs> podcast at all primarily and I think it's because like a lot of people are afraid yeah. to talk about religion um unless you're an atheist right. at which point people are like I'm an atheist don't talk to me about religion <laughs> but it's becoming more difficult to pe- for people to openly have faith in things because there is like a lot of criticism of the church and what's happening with oh my gosh like Catholic church, church especially, like, all these scandals that are coming out all the time. Like, there's just a negative perception, I think, from atheists and agnostics a lot of times just around religion at all. Right. That said, you're one of my friends that I (laughs) actually enjoyed talking about religion to because... I, I think that there is, like, so much value in the community mm. that you get. Um, it's something that I can see people in my life lacking communities because we're all so isolated yeah. now, especially, like, working from home, being on digital, whatever. And community is something that I think we actually really need to thrive individually. Um I mean, you're so open about talking about... Community is something that we need to thrive individually. I like that. That's deep. Oh, thanks. It's like kind of like you wouldn't... Like it's kind of opposite. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's... And I think that's a big reason why religion has been so successful Mm. and has been so meaningful to so many people is the community aspect. So wait, what's the question? I'm... I don't know where I started talking about this. You mentioned oh, because you mentioned the church. Oh, well, I'm not. I'm not Catholic. Um, I've only been to Catholic church like maybe three times in my life, and it's funny. A lot of people think that if you identify as Christian, then you're Catholic. Right. But it's basically it's basically (laughs) like like Christian is the parent company. Yeah. And then like Catholicism is one of the subsidiaries, Mm -hmm. like underneath that umbrella. Mm -hmm. So I don't know anything about Catholic culture other no, than a lot of, like, the bad press that it gets and, like, the heebie-jeebie stories you hear. Um, but no, like, as someone who was raised in church uh, and who, like, believes in God, I enjoy having conversations with people like you where it is a safe space. And even mm-hmm. though we believe in, like, completely different things, it's we can have conversations and that's it. It's like a conversation. It's not trying to convert the other one or like calling the other one stupid it's just an exchange of information mm-hmm. um but it it does get scary when people start to make assumptions of you like oh do you not drink do you go to church every single sunday like is that why you got married when you were young mm-hmm. and that makes me feel very uncomfortable and very judged because that's just not who i identify with mm-hmm. and also 
within it's funny you bring up community because I don't feel like I really have a church community because I feel like a fish out of water when I go to church because I'm definitely not a cookie cutter Christian so like Hmm. in some ways it's like I when it comes to my faith I, I don't feel like I belong in like either setting oh so okay so in terms of like Coping with change, for example. Coping with all of the obstacles and all the things that come with entrepreneurship. Would you say that your faith is something that has, like, really helped you in those circumstances? Yeah. I remember the very, very first photo shoot that I had. Mm -hmm. And we had lined up a photographer. And at the 11th hour, I couldn't get in touch with him. Then Hurricane Arthur happened. And... I uh, was like really worried that this shoot wasn't going to go through and I like prayed about it a lot and then it turned out to be this amazing experience. Um, I met Lance th- mm. that way and that that was a moment that will always stick out in my as like the beginning of my creative career. Um, another time I went to a shoot and it was with a dancer. The photographer said to the dancer, "You have to nail your dance poses." like as close to 100% of the time as you can because with these silk moving around, that's only going to look good about 50% of the time. And Mm. then me snapping this picture at the exact right second is only going to happen 30% of the time. So basically to increase the odds of getting these amazing shots, you need to stick it. And I remember him saying, we might not be able to pull this off. This might be a disaster. And I sat in the background for the first 15 minutes of the shoot, praying that it would turn out. And they're some of the best images in my portfolio. Hmm. And I really experienced my faith and like the spirit, I guess, (laughs) Um, in my creativity. So Hmm. also in the book, The Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about how creativity is like a being like a living being almost like Dobie the house elf from Harry Potter okay and I almost see I I experience a lot of my relationship with God through my creativity if that makes Mm. sense interesting yeah because I think that's the gift I was given oh so for you your spirituality your your faith is much more individual than it is community. Like, it's the, yeah. is it the opposite of what I just said, like, five minutes ago? Well, it's not the opposite. I think I, I think, I think it, sh- I think I should be more involved in the community. And, like, when we moved to Toronto and had to find a new church, that was something that Ryan really struggled with, was finding his church community. Mm. And Ryan, you know, he sings on the worship team, and he, he has community that way. Uh, I'm just very, I've had a lot of bad experiences in the church growing up. And so I just don't want a community, hmm. which I don't think that's a good thing. That's not like healthy or ideal, but it's truthful. Interesting. So you're almost, you have the same like pessimistic view that a lot of yeah. atheists have yeah. of the church community, yeah. but you yourself are still religious. Uh, mm, yes. I guess. I don't like the word religious. Okay, what? But I guess, I guess. Yeah, I guess I am. Spiritual. But that sounds so cliche. I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. (laughs) I guess I'm just religious. Especially compared to, like, I guess I go to church. So, yeah, I guess I'm religious. Like, you believe in God. Yeah. Yeah. So that, to me, is... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But you don't like the church. Yeah, and, like, to me, religion is, like, 
you. Like, you don't drink, you can't play with cards, mm. you don't dance, you have to wear a dress, you're very doing things just because that's church culture, not because mm. you've used your brain and decided that's what you want yourself. Hmm. Oh, interesting. So yeah, so what would you call yourself then? Oh, well, I guess yeah. I would call myself a Christian, because I think if, okay, if you believe yeah. in like... Jesus died for your sins and you're going to go to heaven, then you're a Christian. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah. Christ- okay, yeah. Christian sounds better than religious, maybe. I don't know. Religious has, like, a connotation of, like, a construct right. associated with it, like the system yeah. of the church. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. We're actually going to a church now that they're, like, you know how businesses, they have, like, a mission statement? Yeah. So do churches. It's actually yeah. kind of crazy. So <laughs> this church is... um the church for people who don't like church okay and like they, and you've gone already or yeah no 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 yet? we've gone okay. like lots ryan's on the worship team now and well when we first moved here we started going to like a famous church that's on tv the pastor is oh. verified on instagram yeah you told me about this yeah that wasn't the church for us um <laughs> <laughs> it was very evangelical evangelical means you like try to convert people oh. which like i guess is the I guess is a big part of being religious. Right. But evangelicalism makes me very uncomfortable. Mm. I don't like it. So that's what I mean. I don't fit in. Okay. Anyways, this church, I really do like it. I do feel like it is for the the banged, bruised, and broken people that have grown up in the church. Hmm. Yeah, because, okay, so just a few minutes ago, you said that you had some bad experiences with church community. Yeah. For a lot of people, I think that would just turn them off of Christianity altogether. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's how a lot of people become atheists or agnostic, at least, is they have a bad experience with the church or they see things that the church is doing that they disagree with. And then they say, well, religion isn't for me. Right. So why, for you, did it just become... My own like, thing? Yeah. I think because, like, my household wasn't the bad experience. Like, it's not like I had, like, super crazy religious parents. Mm. It was, like, the church was that. Mm. And my family was involved in the church. But my family was, like, normal. Like, I was allowed to wear a bikini. (laughs) Like, people would ask me if I was allowed to wear a bikini. I'm like, yeah. Like, what? That's weird. Hmm. Um, So I think just because my family was normal, then I turned out normal, I guess. But why did I not turn my back on it? Um, because I think, like, I think I was raised in it. I think I went through periods in my life where I had to really do soul searching and, like, figure out what I believe in, not Mm. what I was taught to believe in. I think that's just the side I came out on. Also, I think if I wasn't raised to be religious, I would be the person that believes in horoscopes and stuff like any and, you know, and (laughs) stuff like that. But I just think if you can believe in horoscopes, why can't you believe in God, you Uh, know? Yeah. I did not expect to talk about <laughs> religion on this podcast. Self-care. Yeah. I need you to bleep you. You can edit out. that out. I can't have swearing on this podcast, Kate. You can bleep um, that out. Interesting. I, I like this, though. Do you... Because it's not like you talk about God basically ever on social media. Like, I don't think I've ever seen you really? make... Uh, maybe I, maybe once like a blog post but i f- it's not like a recurring thing you know how right. some people like in That's their, their thing in their instagram jesus bio, lover follower yeah, of jesus yeah, literally in their yeah, bio and no. like every post it's like a psalm you know bible <laughs> verse whatever that's not you no but that said do you find it 
hard to talk to people about it. Like, maybe I'm just imposing these assumptions that, like, Christianity is something that is difficult to talk about because... No, it's super difficult to talk about. Remember when I came to your house and it was you and me and, like, a few of our friends and, like, the, the... it came, the kind of topic came up and I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I have like four really close friends that I can talk to about it. Um, I'm assuming you're atheist, right? Or agnostic. Yeah, I, I, I would lean like more towards the agnostic okay. side, I think. So one of my best friends, she's like hardcore atheist, like hardcore. And we actually have the best conversations. And we had a, one of my very first podcast episodes. Mm. I brought her to the super evangelical church and then we did a podcast episode about it. <laughs> yeah. So her I talk to, you I can talk to, and then I have a couple of other friends. But uh, no, I don't really, I don't... I only talk about it with people who I can trust and uh, anyone who's listening to this podcast. Yeah, and now, like, a couple of thousand people, don't worry. Um, do you think that's a byproduct of, like, this Instagram culture? Or do you think it's just, like, a natural evolution? You know, like, the church has been kind of dying for... Mm. Religion in general, Christianity, has been kind of dying for a while now, so... Yeah, it definitely has. Do I think it's... I mean, I guess atheists would argue that it's dying because it's not real (laughs) and people are waking up right wouldn't that be the argument do i feel like uh yeah i mean actually our this church that i'm going to they just did a whole sermon on this i wish i remembered more i could speak to it uh better they did talk about that very thing and Mm -hmm. like why it's happening but i don't does it we're getting real deep here does it make you like sad at all to think that like there's people that, for example... Oh, like, do I think people are going to hell? No, 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 not that they're going to hell, but that, like, you have found so much good in your, like, personal spirituality um, that's helped you get through certain things, and then to know that, like, Christianity is on the decline, but that it's something that, like, does help a lot of people. Like, does that... Do you ever think about that? I've never thought about that, but that is a really sad thought. That is really sad, yeah. But you're not evangelical, so you're not like, you, guys, you should See, be, this is, you should this find is, God. This is why I'm not the poster child for Christianity, because yeah. I think I'm like stunted in my growth. Like, I think, okay, I think like your faith is like anything else in your life. It's, it's and I think creativity is the same way. It's a muscle, and the more you use it, the stronger it gets. Mm-hmm. And I'll be the first to admit, like, I just don't use those muscles. Like, I don't read my Bible I don't pray every day. I try to, but I forget. So I think I could be better. Like, I don't even sing at church when they do the... Like, I'm really not the poster Doesn't everybody child. sing at church? Yeah, except for so me. So is it just, I just stand awkward? There. You just stand there? Do you, like, it's mouth like, the words? No, 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 no. I just stand there. And when Ryan's, like, on the worship team singing, he'll look out and he says, it's really funny because I just look super pissed. Because I'm, like, the only one there just, just stone-faced. Why don't you sing? Um, I think I don't sing because my dad's a, like, he's in, he's like a music guy. Like, he teaches voice lessons and okay. piano lessons. And I think I just have, like, a complex. You're just, even that, but nobody can hear you. Yeah, they you can. can. Hello. Really? How many times? Well, you haven't been in church, but there's so many times you're in church and you're like, this person should not be singing. <laughs> or you're like, this person is so dramatic. They clearly want to be on Canadian Idol. And, like, this is their time to shine. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. No, that is sad that people don't have that as a tool. Hmm. I think it's interesting that you see it as a tool. Like, I like that 
classification that you just gave it because I think people's spirituality and no matter what form it manifests itself can be a resourceful tool for self-care well I will say like you said that um religion is on the decline well what's on the incline anxiety um, I don't know enough about that, but I do think that it's interesting. I think it's really interesting. Well, I think one of the reasons you're like a safe person to talk to is because you are very aware that there is a certain narrative in the left wing of society. And if you don't fit into a certain script, like your head will get chewed mm. off if you don't say a certain thing. Yeah. And we, there was a, a video that went viral with a democrat who after trump was elected said well it's very clear why trump was elected because all of these people felt they didn't have a voice Mm -hmm. and so i think yeah we need to be listening to people who have different opinions than we do um whether it's politics or religion or what have you i think the whole point of like christianity which is forgotten is that it's not about creating a right and wrong structure it's about loving everyone and figuring out what's right for you and developing your own relationship with god but that's where it gets murky right because Mm -hmm. then it's like well what if a murderer thinks that it's okay to murder like you know so it's just it's just murky hmm interesting yeah no i see it's it's the way that conversations start veering into things like this that i'm thinking okay this is why I need to start a completely separate podcast that is more focused on, like, these kinds of issues. Like, I, for me, this is self-care. I was just going to say, why do you like, have to do that? Why can't know. it be under this umbrella? Because this, to me, is self-care. Yeah, so, like, conversations can be self-care. This is, no, I think. Th- I think 100% you should stick with this because you need to fight this stigma that self-care is bubble baths and mm. whatever. Mm. Like, self-care is taking a bath. Self-care is getting a Starbucks. Self-care is talking, being able to have a safe space to talk about your religious thoughts. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. Ugh, maybe this is like where my creative side comes out where I just want to do everything and it gets confusing for people. Maybe if you did have all these topics under one umbrella, it's too confusing and it's too off brand. I don't know. You guys yeah, comment, I comment. Know. on I the... need like more feedback. There have been some people who have told me like actually quite a few people reaching out saying I'm super interested in politics too. Like for me, these kind of conversations actually are my self care and I find it really overwhelming to like, watch the news or to get my information or like have these kind of thoughts or discussions on Facebook or something because it is so buzzy and not necessarily as like reflective and in depth. So part of me is like, yes, that's exactly how I feel too. This is exactly why I love podcasts as a medium Mm. is because you can have these long form conversations. It can be really meaningful and you can like look at things through a specific lens. But I also get like, That for a lot of people, I don't know, maybe I'm being afraid. (laughs) Maybe I'm being afraid of like talking about these things more because at the end of the day, I think like these are all issues that affect everybody. So I don't know if afraid, maybe, maybe you're afraid, but what I know about you is that when you're afraid of something, you normally still do it anyways. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> and you're normally, and I've said this to you before, is you're normally the first person to do something. So that makes perfect sense, actually, that you mm-hmm. are afraid because you were really in the mental health space before it was mm-hmm. such an open topic mm-hmm. and before it was, you know, a normal point of conversation. And you were my first friend and person on my Instagram that talked about feminism openly. Mm-hmm. And now it's like everyone's talking about feminism and it's like the word feminist on a sweater is a common thing now. Yeah. And now where you're sort of really veering into politics and these other things, I could see that being the next new hot millennial thing mm-hmm. on Instagram. So maybe you are afraid because you are a trailblazer. Mm, that's sweet. I like that. I think for me, I'm like, okay, when I think of self-care, I think of mental health. Yeah. And I started this show wanting to have these like real mental health conversations, but that go beyond mental health and talk about entrepreneurship and creativity and feminism and all of these things under this umbrella. I guess in my head, from like a branding perspective, I'm thinking, okay, well, is self care Sunday too limited to more of like a narrow focus, like female centric mental health kind of podcast? Or can that be something that is really expanded into all of these layers? I don't know yet. I guess mm. I'm figuring it out. Yeah, maybe do your research on that. Because I'm sure there's been a lot of other brands and platforms that has started very niche and either changed their niche or expanded. Mm-hmm. Like I'm even just off the top of my head and these are horrible examples, but... Seventh Heaven was called Seventh Heaven because <laughs> there were seven of them and then they had babies and they didn't call it Ninth Heaven. And yeah. like American Eagle, it used to be like all preppy clothing and now it's like very bohemian. Mm-hmm. I don't know. that Those are really bad examples. But you No, know, but brands can evolve, I think is what you're saying. Yeah. Like you can evolve and change. Yeah, and, and I don't still... think you, you don't need to necessarily change your whole title and your whole like... <laughs> Hmm. branding but maybe you do because self-care sunday is very specific i just i don't want people to see the name self-care sunday or hear self-care sunday and think the wrong thing Mm. like associate it with this like frilly mental health i don't know and then listen to it and be like oh this is like not what i was see that would be the good thing is if you just changed everything to your name because Mm -hmm. then no matter what phase you're in it reflects you Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know yeah maybe (laughs) <laughs> okay well this is this is good i feel good about this this is a good episode we talked about like some really random things i almost like not having questions because it just went somewhere totally different. i know our episode on the dose of d i yeah. didn't have anything prepped but we filled up an hour yeah yeah and this is 45 minutes already so yeah. okay awesome well thanks d for being Thank on you. self-care sunday and happy self-care sunday everyone